and begin to thank you for another beautiful day to study his word together. The Bible says uh, that the entrance of God's word, it gives light, gives understanding to the simple hearted. Said the word that I speak to you, the spirit and life. The word of God gives us direction. The word of God keeps our hearts and our minds. Praise God. The word of God is peace. The word of God is life. The word of God enables us to live right and to live well. The word of God enables us to be able to walk in our high places in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So let's thank God and celebrate God's word as we study tonight. Father, we thank you tonight. We give you glory. We give you praise. Thank you for your word. We celebrate your word tonight. Oh, I, 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 I Job said that your word, your word is of much more importance to me more than my necessary food. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Father, we thank you. We live by your word. Praise God. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who teaches us, Lord, your word. All oh, your words were found, Jeremiah said, and I did eat them, and they became joy and rejoicing unto us, my soul. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that the unveiling of your word tonight will cause joy and rejoicing unto our souls. In the name of Jesus, may your word stamp its authority in our lives. Tonight, in Jesus' name, may we break barriers, may it set us free from every shackle of ignorance in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. We we'll bless your name. We we'll give you praise. Thank you for the anointing that is in your word. Lord, it's pressed through. It pierces through. The Bible says the word of God is quick. It is alive. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is active. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It is able to pierce and divide us asunder of the soul and spirit. Father, let your word do that. We allow your word to do that in our lives tonight and in our hearts. Our minds are renewed. Our faith is strengthened. We believe in your word. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. Oh, may we see the promises. May we see the instructions. May we see the corrections, Lord, and be able to apply them in our hearts in the name of Jesus so that we'll be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Blessed be your name. There shall be no hindrance whatsoever will come against it. We bind every force of darkness, all that will want to hinder God's word, all from penetrating into our hearts. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. I am anointed. My lips are anointed tonight to teach your word with accuracy and with power and precision. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. As we begin our study, uh, or rather, as we continue our study on the book of First Peter, praise God, Hallelujah! We have got to be in studying God's word. You have got to be painstaking. You have got to be patient, Amen. Because it is study. Every word, every sentence is very important to examine because uh, there is a truth in. Uh, 
that body of letter. Praise God. So this is the first letter of Peter to, to the saints. And from chapter one, we have seen that Paul Peter wrote Peter to Christians who are under intense persecution. And he started out by letting them know that despite being this common, being seen as a scum of society, despite being relegated, you know, and called all kinds of names, the Peter reminded them exactly of who they were and what God had made them in Christ Jesus. He told him, let them know this so that they would not forget, so that they would keep it in mind, so that even when whatever it is they are facing, they will not, they, are, they will not begin to develop inferiority, an inferiority complex. Amen. Praise God. But they would understand the true state of things that Jesus had already said these things about them. But in the Father's eyes, in God's eyes, before God, this is who they were. That they were the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. They were a new creation. They were a royal priesthood, the holy nation, God's own peculiar people. So which means that Peter was trying to tell them that irrespective of what the world calls you, the world cannot label you, you cannot give you your right label. Why? Because uh, they, are, they are against your belief system. Hallelujah. So, so, and because Jesus said that they hated me, and that's the way they are going to hate you. Praise God. So, whenever we face uh, difficulties and challenges as a result of our faith, uh, we should not despair. We should always remember that uh, who we are before God is more important uh, than who we are before men. God says, Jesus said that, that the Bible says about Jesus that Jesus did not seek the honor that comes from man. Why? Because men can honor you today and dishonor you tomorrow. But rather, he will seek the honor that comes from God. And God has honored us. And the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called the sons of God. Hallelujah. Just like Jesus is called the Son of God. So, Jesus, God has given us the highest, He's placed us on the highest pedestal that we can be placed. Having His nature, being called His sons. Hallelujah. That you, no money can buy that. Nothing in this world can ever buy that. Nothing in this world can ever be bigger or more relevant, uh, or of more value than being called the sons of God. Jesus said, uh, what shall he profit a man if he loses uh, his soul? But, uh, I mean, if he gains the whole world, but loses his soul, hallelujah. So irrespective of whatever we face uh, because of our faith, uh, because at one time or the other, we will have to face things uh, with challenges, uh, because of our faith, challenges from the world, challenges from, from all kinds of places, challenges to make compromises, you know, against your faith, against your Lord. Hallelujah. But we will have to, in rejecting that, we will have to suffer for the sake of the cross. 
for the sake of what to believe, for the sake of Jesus Christ. But he tells us uh, that we have a salvation, hallelujah, that cannot, that was purchased with the precious blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And, uh, and, uh, and he says that, that we have the hope of resurrection, where our bodies, this vile body, is going to be changed and immortality will be swallowed up by immortality. Hallelujah. He says that we should make sure that we not lose sight of that hope. Glory to God. We should not lose sight of that resurrection. So when we, when Jesus Christ said that anyone that follows him, he said he's going to, the person is going to gain in this world and in the life to come, eternal life. Hallelujah. So that's our hope of glory. The Bible says Christ in us is the water, the hope of glory. Colossians 1, verse 27. Christ in us is the hope of glory. So, so Peter now, now continued that, well, since we have this we have this faith, since this is who we are, he now starts to tell us from chapter 2, from verse 11, he starts to tell us how we ought to live. Praise God. How we ought to live. And uh, uh, two weeks ago, we saw, we were able to finish looking at uh, 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 chapter 2, uh, that up, to, up to verse 25. Uh, praise God. Where he began to talk uh, about how we should submit uh, to authority. Praise God. Uh, as an instruction from God. Not necessarily because uh, they are good people or they are not good people, you know, who we are so, more submitting to authority because uh, they have been nice. We are submitting to authority as a, as, as a command from God himself, as an obligation before God, praise God. So because uh, his word has said so, hallelujah. Of course, except uh, the authority directs us to sin. Oh, except uh, the authority directs us uh, to do things uh, against our faith, uh, then uh, if we do not obey the authority, that will not be counted as rebellion before God. Hallelujah. Men may call it rebellion. Hallelujah. But the Bible says that we, we should be like Jesus, uh, who, he, 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 who left us uh, an example in verse 21. He said, we are called because Christ also suffered for us. Uh, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. So when we are, when we suffer for Christ's own conditions, the Bible tells us that this was how Jesus did it in verse 22. He said, when he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. You see that? So it tells us that this is the same attitude we have. If we have to suffer for, for Christ's sake, if we have to suffer, that is what is called Christian suffering. If we have to suffer because of what we believe, if we have to suffer injustice because of our faith, because of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that we should not threaten. The Bible says that we should 
don't call fire to come down from heaven and consume the people. The Bible does not say that we should ask for their death. It doesn't, the Bible doesn't say that we should curse them. The Bible says that we should live like Jesus Christ. What did Jesus do? The Bible says that Jesus did not even threaten them. We remember what he said. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they should do. Hallelujah. Rather, what did he do? The Bible says, unto him, he said, unto, he said, unto your hands, I commit my spirit. So he said, he committed himself unto one that judges righteously. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the Lord who sees the secret things, he will reward you openly. The Bible says, hallelujah. So, in verse, we now, Paul now begins to address, sorry, the, Paul. Oh my God, me and Paul. Hey, Peter. Okay, maybe, well, maybe because it's my namesake. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Peter, you know, now starts, uh, now, now continues this discourse uh, in chapter three. Remember, the Bible was not written in chapter and verses. Uh, you know, the interpreters uh, or the translators put it there for easy reference. So from verse one of chapter three, he begins to address another class of relationship. And that is a relationship between a husband and a wife. Hey, before you tune off, if you're single, praise God that maybe you might get married someday. Even if you don't get married, well, you know, if you want to get married, I'm not praying that you shouldn't get married, amen. Or rather, while you are waiting, praise God, you still have some other people around you who, are, who may be married that the Lord can use you to bless with this wisdom. So let's so so let's let's all follow. Praise God. Hallelujah. It says likewise. So when he says likewise, which means that he is making reference to what he has said previously. He was previously he talked about the submission to authority. And so here, he begins to talk about another kind of authority that wives have to submit to. He says, likewise, you wives, be in subjection or submit to your own husbands. Praise God. Now, this, he says, submit to your own husband that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the lifestyle or the conversation of the wives, praise God. So now, very clearly here, the Bible talks, tells, tells us about the, uh, the, uh, the man and the woman in the husband-wife relationship. So the Bible gives an instruction here that within the marital union, there is, there is a headship and submission, praise God. There is headship and submission, and the woman has been asked to has been commanded actually, praise God, to submit. So we think that this submission is a, is an obligation to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And it did not doesn't even say that we should submit only if they are nice. He doesn't say that the woman should submit only if the guy is treating her well. The Bible doesn't say that, oh, she should only submit when all her needs are met by the man. The Bible doesn't say that she should only, she should only submit when she is happy. 
The Bible says uh, the wife should submit uh, to their own husband. So means that you are not asked to submit to all men. To their own husbands. Praise God. Even if they do not obey the word. Hallelujah. They can be won by your lifestyle. So which means that the woman, the wife in a relationship has a very strong power, has some great power, the power to bring the man to submission to God's word. How? By, it's called the power of influence. So when the Bible says that, well, so that even if they do not obey the word, it's not just talking about the unbeliever here, that is someone who is not born again, who is not a Christian. No, no. This is talking about active, someone who is in active disobedience to God's word. That's the tone. That's the that's the that's the tone of this uh, of this uh, statement. Praise God. That's the implication in the Greek of this statement. Someone who is not who is actively not obeying God's word. So a Christian husband can be in a state where he is not actively obeying the word of God. Hallelujah. Now, but why will Peter say this? <laughs> Peter, why will Peter say this? Because naturally, the woman seems to feel she, there are two things uh, that a woman can, if, if the woman is not careful, will, can use as a weapon against the man. One, it's, uh, it's or, or rather as a weapon to try to, that she may feel she can use to win the man. One, the one, one is her ability to talk. Many women, because the, 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 the woman is naturally is a talker. Hallelujah. No matter how quiet a woman is, when it comes to her home, most women are usually are usually talker. At least they are talkative, though. You know, they 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 they, they want to talk. They want to they want to talk, you know, and sometimes some men can misinterpret their talking. So being a domineering, hallelujah. The woman is more of the talker in the home. Glory to God. They, they, they are good conversationists. They just want to talk about everything. They want to talk with their husband. They want, they want to keep conversations going. Hallelujah. Amen. And the second thing is their beauty, their physical beauty. Hallelujah. Their physical appearance. Beauty, they say, is in the eye of the beholder. There is no woman that is not beautiful. Amen. Just ask her husband. Glory to God. So the Bible tells us, but so Peter understands this. That's why he says, come, your submission, you cannot change your husband with your words. Hallelujah. You cannot change, if, you, if your husband is in active disobedience, it is not your words, it is not your preaching that will change the man. It is not your preaching that will make the man to submit to God's word. Hallelujah. It is not your, it is not your preaching. It is not your how much you, you know you talk to him. Hallelujah. That is going to change it. Hallelujah. What the Bible says that no, he says, he said that submit to your. Husbands, so even if they don't obey the word, 
they without the word will be worn by the lifestyle of the wife. Glory to God. By the lifestyle of the word, the wife. The, the New Living Translation says, then even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. You see that? They will be won over by observing. So, which means that the man, hallelujah, no matter how, how, how you know, uh, braggadocious it may be, praise God, uh, has been wired to be observant of the wise attitude. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, so we can say, we can argue this way, argue that way, but you see, God's word is just good to just obey God's word. The Bible says that we, without, with, with, that without your word, Hallelujah. They can be won by your lifestyle. Amen. They can be, the, your godly lives will speak to them. So which means that the message the wife has to preach, ought to preach, is with her lifestyle. Is with her godly living. Is the manner will look at it, will see it. Amen. Remember the story of Smith Wigglesworth. Popularly told about his wife. Forgotten the name of his wife now. You know, the, the wife, Wigglesworth as a plumber, he, he wasn't going to church, and he used to, he used to uh, 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 go against the wife, try to stop the wife. You know, so there was one time the wife had a vigil to attend, you know, had a, had a church meeting to attend, and Wigglesworth said she should not. You know, but she said, well, she would she would have to go, of course, had made prepared prepare the food, prepare everything for him. And uh, Wigglesworth said, it, it was in the cold winter, Wigglesworth said, oh, if she ever steps out of the house, he will not open the door for her. And you know what? She left, went to church, and by the time she came back, the door was locked. And Wigglesworth's wife slept right in the cold winter by the door. And by the time it was morning, <laughs> of course, you would think she was going to be grouchy, she was going to be angry, and all that. You know, she got up out of the cold. I mean, thank God for God's preservation. Well, she could have died in the cold. But you know what? She got up when Wigglesworth opened the door. She just greeted him and, you know, did as if nothing happened and asked, oh, what would you like to have for breakfast and all that? <laughs> oh, and that broke down Wiggles water at last. That was the last thought that broke the camel back. You know, for him. And he just gave in. And thank God, hallelujah, for the wife, or else we won't have been telling the story. We may not have been telling the story, you know, of Wiggles water, the great man of faith who was won over by the chaste conversation or the chaste lifestyle, the 
the godly lifestyle of the wife. So, are you a woman in the house? Don't see your non, you're, you're not saying anything. Don't see it as a sign of weakness. No, your lifestyle is your influence over your husband. Praise God. Your godly lifestyle is your influence over your husband. Your godly lifestyle is your influence over your husband. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's read on. He said, while they behold your chest conversation coupled with fear, he said, who's adorning? Now, he talks, so he's talked about what the, uh, the, uh, the use of their words, that their, that their character should, should, should speak for them. He now says that not also your beauty. Don't use your beauty or your appearance as a weapon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, you know, the man is easily moved by, by, by the physical, by, by what he sees. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why a man can, you know, the husband can look at it, the wife who is undressed and then maybe in, he wasn't even thinking about, you know, uh, 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 making, uh, making love to her. And then suddenly, I mean, he sees her undressed and he just, all, the whole of his body starts to shake and then he, he, that's the only thing that is on his mind and he wants to make love to the wife. Because men are moved by what they see. And so a woman, who a wife can use that as a weapon against the man. Hallelujah. But the Bible speaks against it. It says, don't try to impress your man or change your husband by your outward appearance. Look at it. He said, who's adorning? Let your adorning let it not be the outward adorning of plating of hair, wearing of gold, or of putting on of apparel. Amen. In other words, he said that don't try to make yourself beautiful just by your outward appearance. Oh, by your hairstyle. Oh, by the kind of hair you do. You know, by your hairdo, by what you wear, by by your purse, you know, by your your physical grooming and appearance. Said so don't that's don't just focus on that. Hallelujah, to influence your husband, because these things they change. <laughs> Hallelujah, they change because you know you know. <laughs> Your husband will see you at your bare self without all the externals. You know, hallelujah. So that, that's going to be, that's only going to be temporary. Praise God. Because your husband is going to see you when you look gorgeous and when you don't look gorgeous, when the fats are adding and when the fats are being removed. Amen. Because those things are, are temporary. Praise God. But he says, he said, but let it be the hidden, let your adorning. In other words, adorn your inner man. Let's be, let's read, read it from the New Living Translation. He says, don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles. Take note, he didn't say that they are bad. Praise God. 
expensive jewelry or beautiful clothes. In other words, about your physical dressing. What does the Bible tell us about physical dressing for the woman and, and for the man? For the Christian, is modesty. Yeah, the Bible expects us that we should be modest in our appearance. Hallelujah. There is no kind of dressing that cannot be over, that cannot be over, uh, uh, over the overboard. Hallelujah. Amen. You should dress in a way that you, you, can, you can be easily referred to as a Christian. Not exposing your body, whether you're a man or a woman, not exposing your body unnecessarily. All because you want to catch the fancy of your husband. Hallelujah. Praise God. On the outside. In the public, you say, well, my husband likes it. Amen. But you know, the Bible says that all, all things are, are, are lawful, but not all things are expedient. Praise God. You can do that for your husband inside your house. But once you are outside, your husband is not the only one that is looking at you. Amen. So we must dress in such a way that it, you know, it, it, it will give glory to God. We don't just follow the world's fad. Hallelujah. Praise God. So he said, don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within. The unfading beauty, you know, it tells us what this, uh, what this beauty inside is. This, this, is what, this is what the woman should adorn herself with. Uh. He said, this is what you should adorn yourself with. Uh. He said, the beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. The Bible calls it, it is precious to God. Hallelujah. Which is so precious to God. The inward beauty is, you don't need to spend money on it. Hallelujah. You only need to spend the word on it. The beauty, the King James Version calls it the ornament of a meek or a gentle and quiet spirit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And the Bible calls it a, a precious thing in the sight of God. He says, you want to win, you want to win your husband. That's beauty within. Glory to God. Glory to God. That's the beauty within. That's the one you should pursue. Amen. Of course, that doesn't mean that you should just look anyhow on the outside. But he said, you'd be more concerned about the one inside because that one never fades away. That one gets better. It gets more beautiful with age. Hallelujah. You know, recently, I, 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 I saw the picture of a, of a woman, a socialite, very big socialite in Nigeria, you know, uh, uh, who turned 80, not very recently. And uh, I used to remember her picture, you know, and I remembered her picture when, you know, 30 years ago, you know, when I was still a teenager, she used to see her beauty, her picture, oh, very beautiful yellow woman like this, you know. When I say yellow, I mean uh, light-skinned woman. <laughs> you know, beautiful, looking, beautiful. I mean, oh, beautiful woman. And then I saw her at 80. I saw the, wow, 
to the difference. Of course, she still looked nice, you know, but not as dashingly beautiful as she was 30 years ago. So physical beauty changes. So a woman who wants her to, to win the heart of her husband, want to get his glued to him. <laughs> glued, glued, glued. I mean, glued forever to her. Bible says that it is the ornament of a quiet or gentle spirit. A gentle and quiet spirit. Oh, it doesn't mean that you, you can't talk. No. Hallelujah. You can be loud outside. But you see, with your husband, the Bible says that it's a, an ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. It is in the sight of God a precious thing. It is in the sight of God of great price. Hallelujah. And Peter begins to sigh. He said, hey, what I'm asking you to do is not new. Hallelujah. What I'm asking you to do is not new. You don't say, oh, because, well, we are jointers with Christ. We are in Christ Jesus. There is no man, neither male nor female. You know, therefore, you know, after all, we are all equal before God. We are all equal. We are, not, we are all the same children of God. You are no more of a child of God than I am. Oh, no, that, that, <laughs> that, that will be going out of scripture because the word of God says, even though you are joined hands, the Bible says that we should submit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So, the Bible says, now begins to talk about, give us an example. He said, what I'm asking you to do is not something that is new. Amen. Because we have all saints who have done this before. Praise God. He says, so after this manner in the old time, the holy women who trusted in God. Now, how were these two women able to do it? See, they obeyed God's word as if as in as an expression of their faith in God, even where the husbands were wrong. The Bible said they trusted in God and they adopt themselves being in subjection to their own husbands. Praise God. So true submission is an expression of faith in God. Heard me? True submission to your own husband is an expression of faith in God. Hallelujah. Not because the guy is nice. Even when Abraham was wrong, the Bible tells us even Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. So he says, he cites Sarah here. Sarah was asked to do something that was wrong, yet she, she did it trusting in God. Trusting in God. Trusting in God. You know, sometimes our husbands, we husbands can tell our wives, this is the direction we are going. And then, you know, with the man insists that this is the direction the family is going, and the woman, because of her intuitiveness or because she knows better, you know, she she knows that man, that that direction, we are going to end up in trouble, we are going to end up in problem, we are going to end up in disaster. You know, but instead of rebelling, the Bible says she submits, she, she submits, and they go in that direction. Hallelujah. 
but she goes there, obeying God's word, follows him as an expression of her trust in God. Saying, God, you are the one that said that you submit to my husband in this matter. Okay, I'm submitting to him, but I trust you. I trust you to make it good for me. Listen to me. Many of the joys and the miracles that we have enjoyed in our families, a lot of them have been because of our wives. I can I can say so. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A lot of them have been because of the God honored the faith of our wives. So God will honor your faith. He said they did it. They submitted themselves trusting God and not in fear. Glory to God. Write this down. True submission is full of faith in God and has no room for fear or terror. Hallelujah. Let me say it again. True submission is full of faith in God and has no room for fear or terror. Glory to God. Look at the next verse. He says, he said, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and are not afraid. Hallelujah. Which means that true submission will do well, that it will do good, and it will leave the result to God and not to the husband or to man. Hallelujah. True submission will still go ahead and do good to the husband. Amen. Hallelujah. And then leaves the result to God. Remember, the word of God. So as a woman, as a wife, you can go to God with this scripture. Father, you said I should submit myself to my husband. Amen. You said that I should, I should with my lifestyle. Now I'm trusting you to do this, to make it good for me and honor me in this matter, without you ever saying a word to your husband. Glory to God, hallelujah. What, what a powerful way to live as, a, as believers. Praise God. So, but then he doesn't stop with the wives, doesn't stop with the woman. And then in verse seven, he says, likewise, in the same way. Remember, what has he been talking about? He's been talking about submission, he's been talking about authority, likewise. Likewise, in the same manner that I have told the women, advise the women to submit to the man, in the same way, nothing less, in the same way, you husbands dwell or live with your wives according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. Wow. What, 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 a, what a packed, what a packed uh, 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 verse full of instructions for the man. Glory to God for the husband. He says, likewise, you husbands, live with them according to knowledge. In other words, hallelujah. Oh, la fradike posto bondaha. He said that the husbands to dwell with their wives according to the knowledge. In other words, as a man, as a husband, you have got to study 
your wife. Don't just dwell with your wife according to assumptions. Your wife is not your mother. And she can never be like your mother. Therefore, you have no right to compare her to your mother. That's what I was saying. You should study her. Said, dwell with them according to knowledge. What knowledge? Not just spiritual knowledge. Hallelujah. But knowledge about their emotions, knowledge about their physical, their physical well-being. Hallelujah. Knowledge about their mental states. Knowledge about what they want. Hallelujah. Knowledge about, about their, their desires. Knowledge about their dreams. Knowledge about how they act. Hallelujah. Knowledge about their temperaments. Amen. Knowledge about their likes and their dislikes. Listen, when you study someone in order to please that person, you are honoring that person. That it means that that person is large enough to, to deserve your honor. Why do we study God's word and live to please him? It's to, so, so that we can live to please him. And living to please the father is what is honoring him. He's, he's of, it means he's of much value to us. We don't want to displease him. So he says, dwell with them according to knowledge. Amen. Glory to God. Giving honor to the wife. Now, the word wife is, you know, is an interesting word there. It not just talks about, okay, wife, someone who is the, the, the wife of a husband, of a man. Praise God. It, it's, it's in this scripture, it's actually talking about the feminine, the wife as a feminine one. In other words, referring to their feminine nature. So which means that the feminine nature of the wife should prompt you to honor her. That is, the man should honor the feminine nature in her. Hallelujah. A lot of us men, is that, sometimes we don't even take the advice of our women. Say, well, a woman. <laughs> oh, Lord. I remember many years ago when my when an uncle of mine told me that women, women, you don't listen to them that they have the brain of a chicken. I was like, what? What? How on earth? The feminine nature of the woman, God put it there to compliment you, the husband. And so we have got to honor it's a it's a spiritual gift. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's, a, it's God that put it there. And so we have got to honor it. If we don't honor it, then it means we are not honoring God. We are not honoring God who put it there. Hallelujah. Praise God. So it says, dwell with them according to knowledge. Giving honor unto the feminine nature of your wife. As unto the weaker vessel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the says weaker vessel, now he's not talking about spiritual weakness. Oh no, we have women who are spiritual giants, far, far great spiritual giants, much more than their husband. 
who are more spiritually in tune than their husbands. Hallelujah. Many times uh, the women are, are quicker to, to respond to spiritual, to spiritual things than the man. The man is still you because he's a thinker. He's still trying to analyze, do a lot of analysis, you know, before uh, before before he, he before he he buys into it. <laughs> but the man, the man is still is still trying to I'm still trying to study. Let me study. You guys, you just you know, you let me study. I'm still trying to study. He's doing trying to do put on kind of combination and permutation before he will, you know, before he will accept what the wife will have already accepted not two years before. So the Bible says that we should dwell with them as unto weaker vessel. In other words, in other words, the woman is generally physically weaker. That is, it's not as strong physically. Of course, you have some women who are stronger than their wives, but that's really, you know, usual. But then you, even as the man, you know, you consider them like egg. You treat them like egg. You treat them as uh, they have their structure. Hallelujah. He said, you should dwell them like with them as unto weaker vessels. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, you can't be the man, you know, you are, you are driving with your wife and then something happens to the tire and then you, you tell the wife you are there and you are, your wife is the one that is trying to, to raise the car. <laughs> you know uh, what do they call that thing now? You know to 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 what now? To uh, to jack up the car, <laughs> and you are there. You are putting your hands in your pocket. Shame on you! <laughs> so look at this one. <laughs> Hallelujah! Glory to God! Glory to God! Amen. So that's all right. So how does a godly husband respond to his wife's feminine nature? The Bible tells us in that verse. How does a, a husband respond to the wife's feminine nature? Number one, he does that by continuous appreciation of that feminine nature. He does that, the man responds to the wife's feminine nature by continuously appreciating that feminine nature. Hallelujah. You know, if a man has a house, the woman is one that makes it the home. A, a home that does not have the feminine touch is either there is no woman there or the woman has not been allowed to put the feminine touch. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number two, the man responds to the wise feminine nature by recognizing it and not expecting more from her because of her physical limitations than is appropriate and kind. Let me say it again. By recognizing her feminine nature and not expecting more from her because of her physical limitations than is appropriate and kind. Some of us men are not, we don't know how to be kind to our, to our wives. Hallelujah. Glory to God. A man that will not treat my daughter well, I won't allow him to marry her. I won't. Praise God. 
makes her to do all the major physical work. I mean, I won't. She don't do that. Hallelujah. So, oh, after all, she's a woman. She's supposed to, be. no. Amen. So, you know, talk those things that we call, you know, the English way of doing things. No, it is just ways to honor the feminine nature of the woman. Glory to God. Just to, to, to honor it. It's honor. It's honor. The Bible says that you submit to you, but you should honor them. Glory to God. And look at it. He said, honor them as as big as vessels, and also as being heirs together of the grace of life. Remember, never forget that that your wife is foster sister. Both of you are joint heirs of the grace of life, of eternal life. The grace of Jesus Christ has supplied eternal life to us. We are heirs. We inherited, we inherited the same thing. We have the same inheritance in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. It's because you are the man, God has placed you in authority over her. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean that you have more, more advantage. No. You are not at a higher advantage spiritually as the man, as a woman. No, you are not. You both have the same share. And you've got to recognize that. I tell our brothers, treat her first as a sister. Amen. The things that will take will, will, will not uh, will, uh, that will not do to our sisters uh, or our spiritual sisters uh, who are not our wives. Uh, amen. We shouldn't do to our wives. You know, they say familiarity breeds contempt. Hallelujah. No, we shouldn't do that. Glory to God. The Lord help us in Jesus' name. He said that your prayers will not be hindered. This is one place where, I mean, he said that your prayers will not be hindered, which means uh, that your prayers can be hindered if you don't treat your wife well. Well, he said, no, I'm a joint heir. I'm a joint, yeah, but hey, the word says that your prayers will be hindered. And you don't want your prayers to be hindered, except you don't place value on your prayers. If men that don't place value on their prayers, they'll say, well, uh, to hell with the prayer. Mm. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, woo, a man who says that does not value the importance of prayer in his life. If you value the importance of prayer, then treat your wife well. Oh, I just love the balancing act of the scriptures. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's, let's see how many more verses we can go through. Ah, praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Both of you have equal privileges. Hallelujah. Both of you have, both of you are equal in spiritual privileges and in, in eternal importance. Yeah. The husband is not more important than the wife. Neither is a wife more important than the husband. You are not before God. Glory to God. So it now says in verse 8, finally, somebody say finally. <laughs> Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be sympathetic, be pitiful, be cautious. Remember, this is telling us how we should live as saints of God. Say, so all of you be of one mind. You know, someone says, Well, you know, yeah, all of us are so, all of us are meant to be of one mind as long as that mind is mine. 
<laughs> no, praise God. <laughs> I won't be of one mind because they have not taken my they are not taking my mind. I will speak my mind. They are not they are not taking what what, what uh, uh, my superior argument. No, it's not about your superior argument. Hallelujah. You know you can win the argument and lose that brother and lose that sister and lose those brethren. Says all of you be of one mind. Be of one mind means that. Praise God, not everybody will be, will think like you. So that we can make progress. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He said, all of you should be of one mind. Even if you disagree with it, you can disagree without being disagreeable. Hallelujah. We can agree and go in that direction trusting God with us that it will work out well. And where it doesn't work out well, we don't say, uh, 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 uh. you see, you people thought my own mind was dirty. You people thought what, I, what my own op opinion, you know, didn't matter. So you have seen it now. No. Be of one mind. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Be of one mind. Having compassion. Having compassion. One for another. We must never allow the world situation to cause us to shock the, the, our bowels of compassion for one another. So we should be pitiful. Someone says, well, people can take advantage of it. Amen. Do you know it's better to err on the side of love? Yeah. It's better to err on the side of love than to shut your bowels of mercy and compassion. Glory to God. Bible says in First Corinthians chapter 14, chapter 13, verse 8, love never fails. Never. Do you believe the scriptures? It says love never fails. It never fails. You can't walk in love and God will not compensate you. Ooh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Be cautious. Yeah. In other words, the Bible says we should be respectful to one another. Respect yourselves. The older respect the younger, the younger respect the older. We all respect ourselves. We are cautious towards ourselves. We don't address ourselves brushly. We don't speak to ourselves condescendingly. We do not approach ourselves like, well, you don't, you don't, you don't wear with the chip on your shoulders. Hallelujah. Amen. You don't just wear your don't, don't, don't you know that I'm older than you? I'll, you you run you your dire past when I finish my university. So what? <laughs> well, so we should be cautious to one another. We should treat one another with cuts. That's what the Bible meant by when, it, when Paul gave that instruction, he said, treat one another with a holy kiss. Be cautious of one another. Be, be show courtesy. Hallelujah. Not, not rendering evil for evil. Yeah, it means that it means that you could be wronged. Yeah, so we can be wrong. So we should. We, if someone wrongs you, it doesn't. Person, don't pay the person back in his own coin. No, that's not the love of God. Even if you feel like, even if you feel like, you put your feelings under subjection. The Bible says, Paul said, "I put my body under subjection, lest after having preached to others, I become a." A, a cast away, or I become disqualified when it comes to the love walk. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. He said, but contrary wise, bless them. Which means that when someone wrongs you, he said, bless the person. Jesus said, bless, don't curse. Praise God. Ah, pastor, what do me? Ah, very painful. The Bible says you bless the person. Praise God. Amen. Knowing that that is what you have been called to do and that you should inherit a blessing. Knowing that that is what you've been called to do, that you should inherit a blessing. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. This is, this is God's word. So pay them back with the blessing. That is what God has called you to do. He said he will grant you his blessing. Listen, when we follow God's word, that there is a blessing to it. The blessing of following God's word, it attracts blessings. Amen. So don't repay evil for evil. Bless the person even if he has wronged you. Say so that you can inherit a blessing. Praise God. That is what God has called us to do. Before Peter now begins to quote Psalm, 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 Psalm 34, verse 12 to 16. He said, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, I believe everyone, there is none of us listening to me here that does not want this. You want to enjoy life. You want to see many happy days. He said, keep your tongue from speaking evil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Speak your tongue from speaking evil. And your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. In other words, and we cannot persist in wrongdoing. You see, you know what? Wrongdoing removes God from the equation. And that's a dangerous place to be. Hallelujah. So it tells us to take care of our tongue. It tells us to keep our tongue. It tells us to, 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 to maintain peace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We should do good. Look at Galatians chapter 6. Praise God. Galatians chapter 6. Paul gives that same instruction in Galatians chapter 6 in verse uh, 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 from verse 7. He said, don't be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. He that sows to his flesh and of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap corruption. And let us not be tired in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. As we have, therefore, the opportunity, let us do good to all, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Hallelujah. That's same instruction. Say so you want to live a happy life. Amen. You want to live a happy life. Listen, it means that a happy life is not in the abundance of the things that you possess. A, a happy life is in how much you have been able to impact lives. Thank God for physical substance. Praise God. Hallelujah. But you know, when we put that as the first, we will not be able to do the work. Hallelujah. Just be a good person. 
be good to people. Yeah, are people going to take advantage of you? Oh yes, they will. Yes. Good. Glory to God. And when you do, they do you wrong, don't, don't repeat because there's a blessing ahead. Praise God. Do you know you can supplicate even when someone has done you evil? Do you know you can supplicate before God using this scripture? And expect the Lord to bless you. When people do you evil, you can expect the Lord to bless you. You can take this before God. Say, Father, this man has done me evil. I forgive this person, but this is what your word said. Your word said that I should seek peace and I should pursue it. I should maintain it. Why? Because you said that your eyes are, up, are upon those that do right. And your ears are open to their prayers. And you said, I should do this because I will inherit a blessing. So, Father, I expect a blessing to come out of this in the name of Jesus. Yeah, we can't supplicate about Thank God for God's word. I know what? God will honor his word. Glory to God. God will honor his word. He will. He will. He will. He will. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's stop here today. And I trust God that you have been blessed. I trust God that you have received instructions. The eyes of your understanding have been opened up. Amen. Concerning how we ought to live as believers. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. Father, I speak up and I pray concerning my, for my brothers and my sisters who probably may be listening to me who have been wronged, but they have Maintain the stain with the word. Father, honor their faith in the name of Jesus. Whether they be wives, whether they be husbands, whether they be fellows, just, just saints. Lord, in the name of Jesus, honor your word. You said that they will inherit a blessing. Father, that which is a blessing, the blessing, Lord, let them experience it. That a blessing that will outshine that will outlive, that will, that will overshadow that which they have suffered by doing your word in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Father, thank you for, for wisdom for wives, wisdom for men, for husbands here in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for a harvest of beautiful homes, any home. Oh, that is undergoing any stress, Lord, may this work tonight, Lord, may it bring them back together. May it heal them. May they begin to align with your word in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for our women, for, for, the, for, our, for helping them to adorn themselves with the, with the beauty of the meek and quiet spirit, which is of Precious, which is a precious substance before you in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for healing hearts. Thank you for healing hearts. Thank you for husbands, Lord. They are gleaning wisdom tonight, Lord, to, 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 to put things aright in the name of Jesus. Lord, to honor their wives where they have not been honoring their wives. 
to submit to, word, to the word of God in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, for we are aligned with your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. Amen. Okay. So we'll continue next week, Wednesday.